Hey there, cats, kittens, I'm Mike Kaufman. Welcome to MMA and Stuff here at HalfGuarded.com. I'm your hostess with the mostest, your only host for right now. Matt's doing his own thing for a little while here. Maybe he'll come back, maybe he won't. Either way, we're going to forge on the head. I don't know. I don't know what's going on around here, people. I'm an idiot. I can probably keep checking things. Anyway, I'm going to stick with like about the half hour thing or so. It, it seems to work for me. I like the, the illusion I've created in my head that there are uh, this many people keeping track of Like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Also, you'd be people that uh, I guess can't look at your screen and say, hey, it says half an hour. <clears throat> We're going to be previewing. We're going to be reviewing. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff here on the program. And I guess we'll start with a review. We might as well quickly go over Asensio versus Marais 2. Marais? I keep saying Marais. Marais. I, I thought they said something different. Uh, uh, in the main event, Marlon Marais knocked out Rafael Asensio. First round, kicked him in the head, just flattened him. Um, Asensio was kind of like a little groggy. Then he grabbed a guillotine, got the vicious tap out real quick there. Uh, super performance by Marais. I feel kind of bad for Sun Tzu because he may be, and I say this without giving it any thought, but amongst like the best guys in the UFC for the past five or six years or whatever, like just five and six, past five years or so, who's gotten zero recognition. Like the dude's never gotten a title shot. He's been in all kinds of big fights against guys who are good, but they you know, the fight T.J. Dillashaw, I think it was on Fight Pass. You know, shit like that. And here he goes, he gets knocked out by Marais. So, great win for Marlon. At 135 pounds, division is, I have no idea if it's wide open. I guess Cejudo would be next up, but Marais would be right there after. Who knows? Who who cares? Who cares, Mike? Yeah, I know, no one cares. Uh, Josie Alt defeated Hanato Moicano. Huge win, knocked him out in the second round. They did okay. They kept actually relatively evenly matched, went back and forth, and then all those power came through. Beat the shit out of him. Speaking of beating the shit out, Damian Maya defeated the lineman good. And this was kind of just funny. It was exactly what you would describe as a Damian Maya fight. Like, everybody's like, well, you just kind of come out there, crowd people, shoot it on a single, maybe transition to taking the back, get the back, and choke the guy out. That's what he did. He just got him, took his back, two minutes, two and a half minutes into the first round, choked out Lyman Good. Good tried, good defended for a while, as evidenced by the fact that the fight wasn't over in 30 seconds. But two minutes and 30 seconds isn't really that much longer. If anything, Good seemed a little, he almost seemed too calm at times. I mean, maybe just trying to, you know, uh, not not panic. But I would have liked to see a little more get up and go from the guy, a little more appreciation for what was coming. Coming? I said coming. Not a phrase, not a word, but I don't care. Livian Hanato Souza defeated Sarah Frota by split decision in a fight that uh, the big girl lost, actually, I think. Yeah. Uh, fight sucked. What fight did not suck, however, was the last fight on the main card, second fight of the, of the ESPN show here. Johnny Walker def- defeated Justin Ledette. I immediately lost my mind. I thought, oh, wow, this Johnny Walker guy, super charisma. Like, it's the kind of fight that when it's over, you're going, wow. And if you, if you allow yourself, you can get caught up in that moment 
And you go, yep, that's how you make money. I mean, look, if Anthony Smith is going to get a fucking title shot, and I'm not saying Johnny Walker should be getting a title shot. He shouldn't. He's got a ways to go. But will they uh, – I mean, nobody knows who Anthony Smith is. At least Johnny Walker came out to the cage. He was – to say he was relaxed would be an understatement. Just was dancing and super calm and almost to the point of disrespect, it seemed at times. Uh, Ledette isn't – anything great but it's hardly a, a, a what happens walkers came out spun around kicked him in the head hit him like a spinning back fist and he tried to kick him in the head when ledette was down but it looked like he missed the kick and then he punched him and knocked him out and it was over it was super super duper quick like that's really was like they came out i don't even know if they touched gloves he just did the two spins in a row actually you know i think it may have just been one spin a kick into a spinning back fist and the spinning backfits in particular just destroyed Lidette. That was it. But yeah, it doesn't tell you jack shit. Total fluke. Unless, you know, he does this all the time forever. And here's the thing. John Jones came out and he's doing shit like that. And for, for a while you're like, I don't, you know, like, he's just overwhelming people. Is this really his true level of talent? And then it turned out he was that good. So when the truly great guys come along, that's what they look like. They look like Johnny Walker. Particularly when he he was spinning and dancing and doing all kinds of flips and I mean the level of, of athleticism for a guy and this is a big light heavyweight you just go wow just on pure athletic talent you you just naturally say okay this guy's gonna have some sort of chance here but yeah I, he's uh, 26 years old he's right in his prime he's only he's only got three losses they're all you know some time ago some time ago I mean three years. Wagner Prado. But, you know, he's got a bunch of wins in a row now. A couple wins here in the UFC. You know, guys develop. Who knows if he's going to really be a thing. I hate to be Debbie Downer, but fuck, I can't. Fucking Anthony Smith is fighting for a title. Why can't Johnny Walker? Cool name, super cool look. Just the kind of guy that crosses boundaries. You don't need to speak the language or any of that shit. You can understand him. Just the way he comes across. It's a fight game. You don't really need to understand people. You don't need to cut promos to actually make money in the fight business. People think you do, but you don't really. You just need to be someone. And if you speak a different language, but you kind of come across as genuine, that's all people remember. People remember impressions. And they want to see fighters fight because of impressions. Yes, there's, yeah, there's occasionally the Conor McGregor types. But even then, that's mostly an impression that he's leaving. And then over the couple of weeks and months or whatever, it builds and people in the back of their mind going, oh, I kind of remember that guy. Ledette, they might just remember as a super big, athletic, good-looking, affable Brazilian dude. It can work. You just need somebody with my deft touch to make it happen. I don't even know what that means. That doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying fucking words because they sound like something a person would say. That's not, a, that's not any way to do a podcast. That's not a way to live life. I should know what I'm saying and why I'm saying it. I'm just rambling through shit. So anyways, yeah, uh, that was that. And there's a bunch of shit on the undercar that no one cares about. Tiago Alves got a split decision win. And so did Yarzinho Rosenstruck defeated Junior Albini. Actually, I think I saw that fight. Um, yeah, so anyways, that was uh, the UFC there and some shit-ass place in Brisbane. Fortaleza. Who am I insulted? I really enjoyed the show. And... I will say that if you're the UFC and you're ESPN, so far this partnership between them has gone as well as 
any beginning partnership could ever go. You're never going to pretty much get a better kickoff than uh, these two shows back to back. It's just very impressive. I don't know if it's impressive. Um, there was a little bit of MMA news around here. I don't, oh, um, there's a Bellator show this weekend. Paul Daly's going to fight uh, Michael Page. Daly, I guess, said that Page is overrated, which is probably true. Wait, no, better show. Takes one to no one. There we go. There we go. Got it. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be on, whatchamacallit, DAZN, so no one's going to watch it. UFC 234 is on pay-per-view, so people will watch it. And then one week to go until Matt Mitrion and Sergey Harry Tom. Someone is just looking at the Anime Junkie page right now, and that someone is me. So yeah, um, that'll be a fight. Father's death causes Paige to question daily fight. Does dad just die? British welterweight star Michael Page admitted that he's facing a mental battle with himself ahead of a long way to clash. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Is Page's father passed away late last year. Okay, yeah, probably close enough that you can be like, yeah, that's kind of fucking with me. All right, fine, you get it. Go out and win one for the Gipper. Or the... Your dad. Um, Khabib has nixed doing a public service announcement for Nevada. I guess that's probably part of his deal. Saying that it is a place where there are drugs, prostitution, and gambling. Which is true. Uh, he's already been there once, you moron. Kind of like, it's kind of late in the game to be like, I'm taking a stand. Like nobody, nobody gives you credit when you play the game and when you get to the top of the mountaintop, then you're like, and now it's like, no, nah, come on. Scoffed at a three month. Oh, the UFC lightweight champion in an, in an interview with a Russian language website, sportbox.ru at tip the bloody elbow.com. There's like by 15 people you need to uh, credit here. The UFC lightweight champion scoffed at a three month discount offered by the Nevada state athletic commission in exchange for an anti-bullying PSA. The state of Nevada is where drugs, prostitution, and gambling are officially permitted, Omega Nightoff said. Let them work on themselves. There's that good old-fashioned... Well, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but I'm going to blame his uh, heritage, his ethnicity, his religion for all of this, and his beard. I don't know. The guy's a dick. What do you want? The guy, he's an asshole who starts riots and also cheats. I'm sure he cheats somehow. The commission sought to leverage Nurmega Madoff's star for a good cause after the champ's now infamous brawl at UFC 229, offering a settlement that included a $500,000 fine and a nine-month suspension retroactive to October 6th, with a discount for participation in the campaign. For participating in the campaign. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Look, if he had a fight, they'd figure out something to do. Otherwise, Nurmagomedov said, awesome. thank you. Oh, yes. Uh, Nurmagomedov said, the champ is, quote, done fighting in the state, according to his lifelong manager, Ali Abdelaziz. Ali claimed to have been poisoned this week, I think it was. So one thing I'm going to miss Matt for around here on these things is he's really good at keeping track of Ali and what he's doing. I think he said he was poisoned this week, or somebody tried to poison him. 
bad things are happening to Ali, who I'm, I think may be, in some respects, the most important man in all of MMA. My longtime theory being with Bellator was that, it, you know, not theory, it's pretty much, I think, been proven a fact at this point, is that there's a money laundering front for some sort of Israeli-based mafia. I haven't worked out all the details. Well, it makes sense then that Bellator is just doing a lesser version of the UFC and that Ali is there in into some sort of money laundering scam involving Egypt and possibly the UAE or one of those places, Qatar. Qatar. Qatar is a place, not just a way to deal with the pain. Whew. Don't you like that awkward pause? So yeah, uh, that's the, my theory there. So Ali is uh, front and center in the big thing, and uh, that's why he's worried for his life. He probably saw what happened to that Kashkogi guy and thought, fuck, I could be the Kashkogi of MMA, and I don't want that. So now he's... I don't really understand how any of his actions help him. Pretty much like everything I've ever seen from Ali Abdelaziz, whose real name is Aladdin, it, none of them would ever help anyone. Like, everything he does, you look at it, and it always comes across to me as if I'm thinking, as if I'm thinking, it comes across to me as if I'm thinking. It always comes across to me like there's no way to justify this. From no angle does anything he do, does make sense. I mean, I don't say it doesn't make sense. I understand why he does that. You know, you get angry. I understand somebody's angry and they lash out like an idiot or whatever. But that's it. That's the only reason I can see for why he does things. I don't see any Machiavellian master plan behind the scenes or anything like that. I just see an idiot. None of this stuff is like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's taking the heat off of this guy or that guy or he's getting a deal. No, I think he's just robbing people and he's a liar. But it's just my opinion, man. You know, I really should make sure I add that in there so I don't get sued. Like he's listening to this. Uh... Meanwhile, Connor praised the Nevada State Athletic Commission and taunted Khabib. Connor's playing the game. 51, oh, MMA Fighting says that 51 fight veteran Vanille Silva has revealed that he has concussion like symptoms. No shit. You had to, you got so many fist fights in your life that you had to have reconstructive surgery on the bones of your skull so that you wouldn't get so many cuts. Yeah, I'm going to guess you've had one or two concussions. You're doomed, you moron. I shouldn't call him moron. But it's, it's, um, Anderson Silva says he's going to bring back the Anderson of old. Sure. Sure. Why not? It's always good when you bring back the old somebody from something. Saki Guevara talks his 2019 plans for Theodore and Mayweather versus Tension and more. Whatever. Sarah Frota has moved off to flyweight. That makes sense. Amazon Echo is now available at Black Friday prices. I have one of those. I don't know why they're advertising to me. Clever to share versus Ian Candelabra. 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 Maybe that's why I always remember his name. I bet I'm thinking, because every time I say uh, Ian Candelabra, I always picture the candle from uh, Beauty and the Beast. So that explains it. Huh. Uh, they're going to reschedule. They're going to fight UFC Miami. Uh, some dudes are fighting. Nobody cares. Uh, oh, Bellator's European series to broadcast live on Channel 5 in the UK. I bet it's owned by the Jews. Tom Watson signs with the Cage Warriors. King Kong. Kong yeah, that's all I got there. Um, Colby Covington, considering lawsuit against UFC, willing to make it a quote-unquote living hell for promotion. Well, I'm sure he's considering it. He's good luck. I mean, it's like 
the most powerful company on earth? Possibly. Nobody talks about them. That's how powerful they are. These people run Hollywood, and none of them have gotten in trouble from the Me Too stuff. That's pretty impressive. So go ahead and sue them. Yeah, I know. This is why people are afraid of the Jews owning everything. Because eventually they would. And then we'd be like, shit. But you're doing such a good job. Ugh. Like growing up, my dad would always bitch about the Jews. And yeah, he's from South Dakota. He didn't know any Jews. My dad, he ran into more black people than Jews. And he, didn't, he didn't run into any black people. So my dad didn't know anything about Jews. But you know, you blame the Jews because I don't know. You got to blame someone for the fact that your life sucks. So why not them? And uh, my mom once thought that she was very clever because she said, well, I looked at him and I said, so what? So what if they do control Hollywood? What's the big deal? And the way she tells the story, she like, you know, triumphed over him and he was made to look stupid and he didn't have anything to say, which may be true. But I still think this illustrates a lot about why I am the way I am, because the counterbalance to the fuck the Jews was the Jews aren't that, but nobody ever stopped to say that's not true, or let's not categorize people as the Jews. Let's not, yeah. What I'm saying is that my parents are uh, Nazis. Uh, Jim Crute won't mind if a, won't mind cut under oh won't mind if a cut under his eye opens up at UFC 234. I enjoy being in a bloodbath. Okay, Carrie. Uh, Philip DeFries believes beating Tomas Narcon puts him at the top of the KSW food chain. Well, if there's one food chain that everybody wants to know about, it's the KSW, some Polish kickboxing strongman bullshit. Yeah, man. Uh, Damian Maya says he wants to fight Michael Chiesa. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask for a fight, it might as well go real big. Oof. MMA fight turns into mosh pit after both teams enter a cage. Joseph Duffy won't pursue Conor McGregor rematch, but would love to prove he could beat him again. Yeah, well, I, I feel like that wasn't... Uh, I like the idea that they frame it as Joe Duffy won't pursue it. Like, if he wanted to, he could just, like, snap his fingers and say, hey, Conor, let's go. Like, that's it. That's the only thing. If he really put his mind to it, he can make it happen. Conor McGregor would be fighting Joe Duffy. Sure. This guy returns. This guy returns. This guy does that. But he cares. Uh, Kamara Usman says Tyrone Woodley tried moving to middleweight rather than fight him at 235. It's just boring. Also, whatever. Uh, ben Ashton continues his feud with Kamara Usman. I'm so far under a skid and in his head, it's not even funny. Well, if it was funny, it would be entertaining. And then it wouldn't be Ben Askren. Tiago Alves says he contemplated retirement before UFC Fortaleza, then slapped himself in the face. God, I feel bad for his wife one day. Just, honey, I'm thinking about getting a new job, and he just beats her. Oh, that wasn't very funny, Mike. Jeez. Uh, yeah, MMA junkies got most of the same news. It's almost as if nobody's really reporting news anymore, and the news in the world is just... Here's what happened. Here's what didn't happen. Conor McGregor and his kid were at the Super Bowl. So that was that. Patriots won a boring Super Bowl. That was that. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. That's that. Now, getting to previewing UFC 230. What number is this? Four? 234. 
<laughs> Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum. Coming to us from Australia. That's not a real place. Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. The Rod Labor Arena. February the 9th. I think that's Saturday. Robert Whitaker faces Kelvin Gastelum. If, you, if you're not getting excited for that, I don't... Whew, I don't even know how you're a fan of the sport. Good gosh. Gal, uh, Whitaker's last fight, I believe, was the win over Yo Romero here in Chicago. Chicago. With, uh, what's, uh, what's Fatso doing? Fatso's last fight was in May, being Shakare. After he beat uh, Bisping. Oh, yeah. And then he lost to Weidman. Uh, I'm underwhelmed by this. I guess these guys hosted the Ultimate Fighter. Maybe. Could be. Maybe it wasn't, though. No one will ever know. And here's the thing. There's no way to know. No one has any video footage that could be considered proof that these guys were on television for 12 weeks. Amazing. But it's true. I've seen more evidence of... uh, I was going to say Sandy Hook shooting, but that definitely happened. I was trying to think like I was like Alex Jones in this scenario. Alex Jones is more likely to believe this Sandy Hook was a legitimate shooting than whatever. Let's just move on. Um, Whitaker's boring. Gaslam's boring. The fight is, will probably actually be okay. They're not really boring. This they're they both they're uninspiring. They just blah, and it's so stupid because I mean fucking I am look look. If uh, if Robert Whitaker listened to this, he'd have a very good case to say he doesn't like me. Ever since he moved up from welterweight, the dude has done nothing but you know win every fight impressively. Um, where was he fighting middleweight? Yeah, Clint Hester knocks him out. Brad Tavares knocks him out. Beats Uriah Hall. Happy on the towel. So right there, you're looking at fights, you're going, okay, he's beating the guys that when you're kind of like at the beginning-ish, like low 15s or whatever type of guys. You get the Derek Brunson, not bad. You're going, okay, okay, high feeling the tall is okay. You're moving on up, moving on up, moving on up to the side, to the side. So you got that. You got Derek Brunson, again, not bad. I'm not a big fan, but whatever. And then Jacques Ray is like, oh, and then the the two wins, both of them pretty close over Yoel Romero. He's the middleweight champion of the world. It's a fair thing. It's not, he's an unworthy champion. I still just, I don't know. It's just something about him that doesn't impress me. It doesn't, that don't impress me much. I'm Shania Twain, motherfuckers. He Shania Twain's me. I'm Shania Twain by him. I'm going to make that a thing. Ooh, is Simon, Sam, Sam Elvey's on this. All right. I guess the one getting moving up. He's looked. Good, kind of, but I really look at that fight with Weidman, and I was like, that was a fight where I was like, okay, this is how I expected his career to go, when he's fighting somebody relatively close to their prime, who isn't uh, past their prime, because that's what it means to be close to their prime, uh, and Weidman, it kind of got smoked. The size was just way too big, way too noticeable. I would think of the two of them, Whitaker seems a little natural, a little more naturally bigger. I, I just feel like he's bigger. Um, Gaslam, though, problem he's going to give for Whitaker is everything Whitaker does, in some respects, Gastelum might be better at it. I would say that Whitaker's probably a little 
better striker, but I think Gastelum's a better wrestler. Not the one that means shit for jiu-jitsu, but, you know, just... And I think Gastelum's quicker, and the strength isn't any big difference. And again, they're both blown up welterweights, if you will, or guys who... I think when guys move up in weight and have a lot of success, it shows that they're they're succeeding more on technique than anything else. Because obviously they're overcoming, and the speed and the technique generally can uh, carry you, and you just look better. You know, not everybody can fight their best, be their best self at the lightest weight possible. It just doesn't work that way. You know, it's why God made people of all sizes. That and uh, you know. The importance of genetic diversity in a population. God really knew what he was doing. Huh. Alex Georges was expected to face Jalen Turner at the event. However, it was reported on January 27th that Georges was pulled from the car for an undisclosed reason. Oh, I wonder what that was. Stereos. Yeah, anyway, um, Gaslam, it just seems like I, I think he's quicker. I think he's a better wrestler. I think he's quicker. The striking, I think he might. Gaslam might pull off the upset. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Gas Tank, Whitaker, I think, has used his gas tank better in his career. I feel, I feel more confident in Whitaker's gas tank. I've seen that, I've seen him show more, you know, grit, drive, and determination. He's more likely to bite down, I think. And, and, and I really, and I mean that in a like, very real way. Like, a guy is a gamer. He's, one of those guys, and you see this at the highest levels for all the greats in all sports. And I don't mean to compare him to Michael Jordan, Cristiano Ronaldo, but there are guys, you know, the wily veteran type. Well, Whitaker, I think, is a wily veteran, even though he's not that old. Like the dude's only twenty-eight years old, so he's not—he's got plenty of time to improve and get and get better, because that's what the word "improve" means. You see. But again, he fights kind of smart, and he seems to know how to just know how to win. There's those guys that just you're always like, ah, right time, right places, lucky. You just take a lot of shots, and that's why he always scores a game-winning goal, maybe. But Whitaker seems to know it. He knows how to win rounds, and he can make that impression on close rounds. And Gastelum, I, I question him mentally. I think it's because I just see him as a fat guy. And I, and honestly, I will acknowledge a potential bias there in that, in addition to his losing at welterweight, and therefore diminishing him in my eyes, he also missed weight all those times, and it just kind of left that bad taste in my mouth. And it doesn't help that he wasn't, it's not like he missed weight and you go, well, I totally get it. Like, or you're like, well, this guy, look at how big he is. It's like, no, he missed weight. He's still fat. Like, when anytime a guy misses weight and he's gotten, you can see fat on his body, I'm always like, eh, what's going on? Now, the truth is, is that he, that just may be the way that his body is. Not everybody's body is ripped. Some people, you can have the exact same amount of fat. Some people just have it behind the muscle as opposed to on top of the muscle or whatever. Like, it could just be a thing. But it just, in my mind, it creates this impression that he doesn't take his shit seriously. So I I think that uh, I think Whitaker will win after Gastelum looks good and wins like the first two rounds, and then that third round will be close. Then Whitaker pulls it away in the end because he just kind of probably grind it out and kind of come on strong. And 
I think Gaslam will, will fade because he's a fat guy. And I don't like fat people because I used to be one. Even though I really wasn't. But I was long enough. So I'm going to go with Robert Whitaker to win. Retain his championship. I might as well because the guy has left no impression to me. And eventually that becomes an impression. right? The absence of evidence is not evidence until it's evidence. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm I'm a poet. Uh, Israel Adesanya takes on Anderson Silva in a fight that apparently the winner gets a middleweight title fight. Or Anderson will, at least, if he wins. Because getting one win every decade or so when you're in your 40s and you cheat, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Adesanya's getting all this attention. The last style bender. He looked super awesome against Derek Brunson. Uh, never lost. Came to the UFC with a lot of hype. Has essentially lived up to it. Uh, I think that Marvin Vittori fight's the one where I'm always kind of like, that may be the one that left the bad impression in my mouth. I'm still not totally sold on him. Although, that, again, that last fight of his against Brunson was just fucking, just, what the fuck? Like, that was one of those Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman type events where you just walk away going, what the fuck? That doesn't seem fair. So, yeah, Anderson, yeah, that one win over Derek Brunson himself back in January, uh, February of 2017. In Brooklyn, that was a fucking horrible fight. On a horrible show. Then, yeah, um, before that, the last one was 2012 over Stefan Bonner. So clearly, he's right up there with all the other guys who's just been winning fights nonstop. I mean, Israel Adesanya never lost in his life. He's got like four or five wins in the UFC since 2018. Anderson Silva, you know, he beat Derek Brunson. uh, And then back in 2012... He beats Seth Bonner. Yeah. And then again, yeah. This is what explains why Nick, Nick Diaz on them come around saying, I, I demand a title shot. And everyone's like, ha, 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 how stupid are you? What a dumbass. Like, why, why do you think you deserve a title shot there, Nick? Really? Like, you, do you think you're special? How, how many wins do you have? He's like, motherfucker, since uh, 2012, how many wins does Nick Diaz have? None. Okay, that's not good for him or my argument. But he does have that win in late 2011 over BJ. So, again, more or less about this. You understand my point. My point is is that uh, this company is dumb. Also, who wants to see Anderson fight anymore? I don't. I have, I have just no interest. Um, however, this isn't – if I'm Adesanya, I don't know. Uh Anderson's, you know, obviously great. I, the problem is, I think Anderson's chin is completely gone. And I mean that, like, I think that he's going to get knocked out in this fight in the first round. I don't think he could take a punch. I just, it doesn't feel like something he can do. I have no reason for really saying that, other than Michael Bisping dropped him. Remember that Bisping dropped him? That was bad. I mean, that was real fucking bad. I mean, Michael Bisping doesn't have any power. Uh, just that general person, Anderson just feels done. It could be just he's not what he wants. Well, he did beat Derek Brunson. Why is everybody bragging about beating Derek Brunson? Poor Derek Brunson. Um, Adesanya, we just, I have no idea what he's going to be like on the ground. We've seen him striking. He's really good. He should be good enough to stand with Anderson, if not be better than Anderson. On the ground, Anderson should have, a, I would assume, a pronounced advantage. He's a legitimate black, but we've seen him do well over the years. Um, I think Anderson actually could narrowly pull off something here because he's, again, just a wily old vet. I, you know, the older I get, the more I, I look at the world and I think, eh, fuck. Okay, this will put things in perspective. 
Anderson's got the win in 20, uh, was it 18 or 17 over, uh, Derek Brunson, right? And he got the last one after, before that was 2012 over Stephen Bonner. When, when was the fight over Brunson? Uh, 2017. And keep in mind, he's also been suspended for steroid use in the interim. So, since October 13, 2012, he's had one official victory. Since October 13, 2012, Adesanya has had, I don't know, a whole bunch. Adesanya's first fight was in, of his career was in March 2012. He's now 15-0. So one of them's been fighting a lot more. You get the point. Eh, I'm going to go without a Sanya to win. Because I just don't trust old guys who cheat. I pray for Anderson Silva's dick. I don't think that any man whose penis... Look, if you're so unhealthy that your penis doesn't respond to a woman's touch, you shouldn't be fighting in a cage. It's the kind of sport that will require a woman... Uh, not a woman's touch. require you to have all the testosterone you can get. And I say this as a man fully aware of what we are going through in this world right now. And starting in the mid-90s when they, I mean, holy shit, between R- Rachel and Monica's nipples being everywhere on Friends and senators and baseball players selling me Viagra left and right. Got 20 years here, whatever, of, of men just literally just every day just shooting themselves with Viagra and testosterone. And this fucking Me Too thing was a inevitability. I mean, this thing is a reckoning that has just begun. You can't have that many men doing that much stuff for that long and not expect some bad shit coming from it. Like I say, it's a reckoning. Then Anderson Silva is going to get reckoned with. I don't know. Uh, Honey Aya will take on Ricky Simon. Montana De La Rosa takes on Nadia Kasim. Uh, De La Rosa, is, her husband, or, or some boyfriend or whatever, is also in the UFC. So that's her thing. whoop de doo Jim Crute takes on Smiling Sam Alvey, the man whose life is awesome. I think I'm just telling you some of these fights. I don't know. Honey Yaya will probably beat Ricky Simon. I don't know anything about Ricky Simon. Montana De La Rosa and Nadia Kasim. Who cares about women's shit? A light heavyweight fight between two, Jim Crute. I don't know Jim Crute. Do you? No. Sam Elvey? Fuck no. Okay. We know Sam Elvey. I love Sam Elvey. Even though he's a ginger. But he seems like the kind of ginger that knows. He looks around and goes, yeah, I get it. No soul. I mean, all that I can do is enjoy life. And it's weird. Like the, the lack of the soul actually has freed him to enjoy the little things. I guess this is what happens when you acknowledge that you're going to die one day. And you really accept that suddenly everything tastes a little better. I think that's Sam Alvey's life. Preliminary card on ESPN. Hmm. At lightweight, Devontae Smith takes on Dong Hyun Ma. Dong Hyun Ma is 30 years old and from South Korea. I've never heard of him, even though he's fought in the UFC for uh, almost four years now. Although, none of this shit really matters. Oh, he beat Takanori Gomi once. Um... I honestly, the only reason I clicked on it is because I thought, wow, the first main event that they're going to do on you know, ESPN like this, they're kind of watching want something big. Devontae Smith might be a thing. Uh, Shane Young takes on Austin Arnett. Kai Cara France. France. What an asshole I have. Car- Kai Cara France takes on Raulina Paiva. 
Young Ho Kang takes on Teruto Ishihara. I just realized this show is in Australia. That explains a lot of this. Now, because uh, I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? There's a lot of, like, a lot of Asians fighting on this show. I was like, what the hell? And they, oh, okay. That makes it cheaper airfare. I really think that's it. Now, honestly, I'm cool with it. Uh, Lando Venata fights on Fight Pass. Picks on Marcos Rosa. Is that going to be a Fight Pass? I don't get it on ESPN Plus, you sons of bitches. Kalen Potter takes on Jalen Turner. And Luigi Burren takes on Jonathan Martinez. No one can. Okay, so you got a show here where I would not pay for it. I would watch it for free, and I will. I'll find some way to do it. Uh, two fights at the top. Definitely going to be very good. Kind of show where you go, all right. Um, if you watch that pay-per-view, you're going to be like, I'm happy with my thing. Uh, rest of the pay-per-view doesn't look like anybody gives a shit about any of the names. None of them are really important. I mean, you might love Honey Yaya because you're a grappling fan, but, I mean, come on. At least paying money to watch a 135-pound Brazilian man wrestle people in the middle of Melbourne, Australia. And yet, I'll watch an Irishman beat up a Dagestani Muslim, and I'll watch it all day long. Except for I'll never get to watch that, because it's never going to happen. They might bite again. I ain't going to give me no beating up with a Muslim man. That guy's going to fuck a dude up for the rest of the time. And once again, prove that the Dagestani men or quite possibly the future of humanity. They may be, we may be all like them, because I suspect that as we become a more progressive and open society, as we all become enlightened and happier and more tolerant of things, that we also just inevitably become weak because assholes end up winning lots of fights because they get a lot, because they get a lot more fights. Iron sharpens iron, pussy makes pussy. And, uh, you know, asshole makes asshole. And, they're going to whoop your ass. That's the problem, is it? Uh, eventually, that guy, like, that guy may not win in a long, long run. Maybe in a thousand years, it won't be like that. But I think that there's a, a backlash coming. Or they're going to fade away and go the way of the dodo bird, and we're all going to become more feminine. I'm hoping for that, because I think as a, as a relatively feminine man myself, I would be happy with that. I identified with them more. And then, yeah. That's a weird thing to admit out loud. By the way, you notice how uh, quickly the whole, like, oh, so-and-so got me too'd, how quickly that just became very casual? Like, instead of being this, and it's very casual in the same way that, like, school shootings are now kind of normal. You hear about it, you go, that sounds horrible, and then you just move on. You know that this is like an accusation against a man that he's uh, abused a woman in a sexual way as a result of his innate power that he held over her. And at first, when you hear these stories about Harvey Weinstein and and such, you're horrified because it's horrible, much in the same way the Columbine was horrible. But again, now it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, so-and-so got me too. Okay. And... I don't think this is going to end well, guys. Again, we've leveled the playing field. Being bigger and stronger and faster doesn't help us anymore. Like The women are totally better at talking to each other and communicating. We punch each other. The guys say, hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. And they punch each other. And, you know, we just, I don't know, we're stupid. It's a really dumb thing. Meanwhile, women 
I mean, women are so stupid that they give birth and then they do it again. And they're still out. They're still going to outsmart us in the end. Like, really, we're not going to win this battle of the, of the sexes. Because, you know, if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, I tell you, drop the canard. What? That's a stupid joke. No, but I've said this before in the past, like, uh, that 90% of people in prison are men. It's true. Look it up. True fact. Google it. Look it up. Do, do whatever you want. 90% of people in jail. By the way, you can look up anything you want to know at any time now because Wikipedia. Like, the idea of knowing something used to be really special doesn't mean anything anymore. Everybody knows everything. Any, any question you got, pull out your phone, look at it. Hey, yeah, I got the answer. Two seconds. You used to go to school for years, go to law school, med school, whatever, so you could just know stuff. And people were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you money to work for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what am I going to do? You're, you're just going to know more than I do. I need somebody to, to tell me how to do this. Nowadays, we all just, eh, I'm just going to watch a video on YouTube and, yeah, I think I could do it. It works. But yeah, 90% of uh, people in jail are men. Again, you can look it up. All the world's technologies at your fingertips. This means you could literally amend the Constitution to the United States to say that women don't need to obey the law. Nothing would change. So yeah. Guys, we're killing each other, and the women aren't. And that's how we're going to close the show this week, with a lecture on feminism from a guy that is the last person who should ever lecture on feminism. Till next time, I remain your humble host, Mike Coughlin, for MMA and stuff. Saying to one and all, good fight, good night, et au revoir, mes amis.